I've been getting in my steps, lifting weights, and now I'm trying really hard to get as much protein as I can. That's why I'm excited about trying Clean Simple Eats because they're just that, clean and simple. Their protein powder is always grass-fed with no seed oils or artificial ingredients. It's third-party tested and non-GMO and gluten-free. They've got 26 delicious all-natural flavors. You really can't go wrong with any of them. They've got Simply Vanilla and other unique flavors like cookies and cream, caramel toffee, and even cinnamon roll. I have a feeling my entire family may just like Clean Simple Eats protein powder, and they're probably going to use it every day because it's so easy to put into your milk or a recipe my daughter loves to bake or in a smoothie, which my son loves to drink almost every day. You can It's amazing really in any form. Visit cleansimpleeats.com and use the code ASKLISA20 at checkout for 20% off your first order. That's cleansimpleeats.com with the code ASKLISA20 for 20% off your first order. Introducing Bluehost Cloud, ultra-fast WordPress hosting with 100% uptime. Want a website with unmatched power, speed, and control? Of course you do. And now you can have all three with Bluehost Cloud the new web hosting plan from Bluehost. With 100% uptime and incredibly speedy load times, your WordPress websites will be dependable and lightning fast on a global scale. Plus, your sites can handle even the biggest traffic spikes without going down or lagging. And with Bluehost Cloud, you get 24-7 WordPress priority support, meaning you're connected to WordPress experts anytime you need them. Not to mention, you automatically get daily backups and world-class security. So, what are you waiting for? Get Bluehost Cloud today by visiting bluehost.com. That's bluehost.com. This is Ask Lisa, a podcast to help people understand the psychology of parenting. Psychologist Dr. Lisa Demore, author of two New York Times best-selling parenting books, takes your questions. And I'm co-host Rena Ninen, a journalist and mom of two. Some of what we talk about comes from raising children ourselves. Most of the time, I'll be getting answers to your parenting questions. So send your questions to AskLisa at drlisademore.com. Episode 95, Dealing with Difficult Relatives. We know family relationships can definitely affect our well-being. How do we deal with difficult relatives and still find a way to enjoy the holidays? Dr. Lisa and I unpack dealing with tricky relatives. We hope you enjoy this Encore episode originally from Season 2. Happy Thanksgiving from our team at the Ask Lisa podcast. We're so grateful for your interest in mental health and parenting. The holidays are approaching and to gather or not to gather, that is still the question. (laughs) What it is, it is. What are you guys doing? You know, we host um, my in-laws, and it's wonderful. Um, and we have a real, you know, kind of set routine. Everybody brings the same thing every year. We've got it kind of down. And last year, we did it outdoors in um, mid-October. And this year, thanks to um, vaccines and testing, we can do it indoors. How about you guys? We're still trying to figure it out, you know, trying to see where everyone's comfort level is. Um, And we've been getting a lot of feedback from our listeners about help. They want help. And this letter came into us. It says, Dear Dr. Lisa, 
Last year, we skipped having my in-laws come for Thanksgiving, and it was such a relief. This year, we're back to our regular routine. My husband's parents are fundamentally decent people, but having them come for the holidays is always tense. They rub my 13-year-old son the wrong way because they're loud, opinionated, and they talk down to him like he's a young child. And they make me uncomfortable because they talk in front of our 10-year-old daughter about inappropriate topics. My husband is over it. He shuts down when they're here, and while I feel for him, I'm the one left holding the bag. I want Thanksgiving to be a pleasant family experience, and I don't want to feel like the person who has to make that happen. How do I deal with this conflict? I don't want to dread the holidays. Please help. Ah, where do you begin? Probably half of our listeners have this letter (laughs) in their mind, is my guess. But it is a true inflection point, right? I feel so many people are going through this. It is. And I think there's so many people are stocking up on a lot of wine and booze <laughs> to get through the holidays. Because I think a lot of people had really mixed feelings about last year's Thanksgivings in particular being disrupted. On the one hand, it was very sad for a lot of people. And I think a lot of people were like, whew, you know, like dodge that bullet for a year. So I I know that um, many families are bracing for the return to old routines. So I want to start with the teenager component to this. Yeah. So how would you tackle that? Because your kids are like first priority here, right? Yeah, he's not having it, right? Yeah. I mean, and, and like you can totally picture a 13-year-old boy just having, actually any 13-year-old, you know, having zero patience for the loud opinionated grandparents who talk down to him. Like that is so classically um, exactly how to antagonize a 13-year-old. Wow. Um, and, you know, I'm thinking about actually in our most recent episode we were talking about materialism and 13-year-olds being pretty concrete. Yes. And so you still have that problem here. You have a pretty concrete kid who may feel like they're jerks. I don't want to deal with them. I don't have to be nice. You know, that they may feel very much that way in the world. Now, you also may have a 13-year-old whose thinking has shifted into a more sophisticated space who can get it that just because their grandparents annoy them, they still have to be polite and um, at least try to be friendly, you know, let it roll off their back. So you have to know which kind of 13-year-old you have. Mm. And if you have the really concrete 13-year-old, I think you probably need to make a rule, Mm. which is to say, look, I get it that they get under your skin. I need you to be polite. And and just be really straightforward about it, empathic and straightforward. And it reminds me, when I was growing up, my my I had really good friends who um whose parents used to pay them to be nice to their grandparents. No, really? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Was it so that bad? Know. Well, that's the solution they came up with in their family. And and I just I don't know that I'm recommending it. It cracks me up. Oh wow. But I do like whatever, you know, setting aside the financial transaction, I do like the parents acknowledging, like, we're asking you a favor. Mm. We're asking you to play along with their behavior. And I think actually with a 13-year-old, the little object lesson you could slide in here is it's not personal, right? This yeah. isn't about you. Ah. This like they're not, they don't think you're a little kid. They're not thinking about it. And and see if um, you know, wherever your 13-year-old is developmentally, see if they can get a little distance on it. And and a 13-year-old who thinks in a more sophisticated way, and it's just a neurological event that has happened or not, it's not an intelligence question, a 13-year-old who's a little more sophisticated is going to be able to latch more readily on to the idea of like, eh, that's them. You know, they they don't really get me. They don't know me. This isn't an insult. This is just 
how they operate, yep. I can separate myself from that. But I think yeah. there's going to be some advanced conversations with the 13-year-old. So I'm curious, Lisa, about the 10-year-old and the inappropriate talk in front of the daughter. <laughs> that's not so great, right? Right. Um, that's a tricky one. What do you think, Rena? What would you do? Well, you know, I just feel like these days, even talking politics can feel inappropriate, and you just don't want to wade right. into it anymore, right? Because it just can right. be such a tense topic, especially after the elections, right? Yeah, no, that can be pretty hot. It's funny. Have you ever heard this? I I don't know why I just remembered this now. Somewhere along the way, I heard this thing about like rules for like submarines and meals at submarines, which was you couldn't discuss religion or politics. And this was, you know, forever. And I think there was sort of this sense of like, we are all stuck here together. We are all, you know, trapped in a very small space. And I I, I think it stuck with me because it seems so smart in a way. Um, I love so, that. Yeah, so I wonder. So, so everybody wonder. should send like big submarine images and emails to <laughs> saying the submarine rules apply. We're going with submarine rules this Thanksgiving. <laughs> well, actually, okay, so it's funny, Rena. Like, I wonder if, first of all, preparation is your best friend. So this is, a, this is a parent who's already thinking like this could go sideways with my in-laws, they could say something I don't want them to say in front of my kid. And then you're rightly anticipating, oh, there's lots of ways that the dinner conversation could get super weird and uncomfortable. Um, What I wonder, and tell me if you think this is a plausible plan. I wonder if the parent could kind of be ready with a light and funny intervention if it starts Mm. to get weird. You know, to say something like, Hey, let's go with what I've heard are submarine rules, where like at the dinner table, especially maybe over the holidays, you don't talk politics, religion, or about that super weird TV show you're watching that doesn't really sound appropriate for 10-year-olds, you know, or something like that. Um, I wonder if there's a way to have that in a parent's pocket. What do you think? Oh, that I that's a great idea. I, I, it's all about preparation, isn't it? Like you've got to have a plan. You can't just wing it is what I'm hearing from you. I think you can't, especially if you know who you're dealing with. The other thing that occurs to me is you could just have a new topic, right? I mean, maybe you have something really compelling Mm -hmm. that you are sitting on. And so then you can see your in-laws taking the conversation down some road that you definitely do not want to see what is further down that road. And then you say, oh, hey, have we told you about the incredible thing that, you know, let's say the little girl's name is Molly, that Molly did in her art class. Hey, Molly, go get that pottery (laughs) thing you made. Like, I wonder if having something ready to go in a kind of seamless way. As a distraction? As a distraction. I mean, using distraction as a tactic, like you do with three-year-olds. You know how, like, with three-year-olds... Um, if they're doing, or two-year-olds especially, if they're doing something you're not supposed to be doing, like scolding them doesn't work. It's all about distraction. Ah, you're like, oh, check out this truck. Look at this excellent, you know, yeah, yeah. Tonka truck or whatever. I, basically, like Tonka truck your in-laws is what I would say. <laughs> you know, this reminds me of how so much I feel as a new puppy owner and never had a puppy before, how so much of parenting applies. I, when the dog goes crazy, I'm like, go outside, everybody run, run with the dog. And I feel like there's got to be a distraction for the family at some point. Like, everybody run up, run around the block, you know, do something that will get the conversation in a different direction. Absolutely. So actually, like, let's think through the kinds of, you know, conversational, there's the conversational Tonka truck. But I also wonder if there are 
other planned events rather than just being like, well, I'm going to put out a bunch of wine and see what happens next. You know, right. If instead there's like, oh, and hey, there's a really nice hike in our neighborhood. So after dinner, we're all going to get up and go on this hike or, um, hey, we have this fun new game and everybody come play it. You know, that that if there's worries about tension or behavior from one's guests. Yes. If there's not um, some real benefit of having a whole toolbox of distracting activities that one could introduce as needed, right? I I, I would be cautious about being like, hello, welcome to our home. The schedule is this. Boom, 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 boom. That may not work for a lot of people. But I do wonder if you're like, okay, here's my three distracting topics if we need to change the conversation at the dinner table. Here is this cool game we bought. This is this cool hike we're doing. Mm-hmm. And this movie that will get everybody to stop talking yeah. <laughs> or something right. like that. So you have a plan. You've got something to do. So but this is the harder part I found was the piece about the husband because I find it just parenting in general, as most people know, if you both aren't on the same page, it makes what you're trying to implement or do harder. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, she she says he's over it. And what I take that to mean is, like, he's annoyed with his parents, too, but he's not going to ask them to be different than they are. You know, that he's not going to correct them about how they talk to his son. He's not going to, you know, tell them to knock it off if they talk about things that are inappropriate. Um, he's taking – this sounds more critical than I mean it. I want to unpack it a little bit. He's, he's being very passive, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. about their – visit. And, you know, if we think about it from his perspective, and I think that's always where we want to start, you know, the perspective of the person we're trying to take care of, um, that may be a tactical maneuver. That may be for him, you know, as the grown child Mm -hmm. of these, you know, grandparents, he may feel like, you know what, path of least resistance is the quickest, cleanest way through this holiday. And I am just going to sit here quietly, maybe nurse my beer, <laughs> and and find my way through this. And and that I have a lot of empathy for. You know, I, I could totally see how that, um, for this man, may be personally a decision that works really well. Um, but it doesn't work well for his spouse. And so we have to think that piece through. Okay. We're going to take a quick break, and we'll be right back on the Ask Lisa podcast. I'm all for healthy habits, but I don't trust quick fixes. This is why I love Daily Harvest. They take all of the work out of eating well, and all I have to do is enjoy. Daily Harvest makes it so easy for me to eat in the nutritious and delicious ways that I like. They take the planning, the prep, the cleanup out of cooking, and they deliver meals that are packed with vegetables and fruits straight to my door. The other thing I love about them is that it's not the same old boring meals. I love their dragon fruit and lime smoothie. I also love their butternut squash and rosemary soup. They also have this wonderful herb squash and asparagus risotto. Create healthy habits that last with Daily Harvest. For a limited time only, go to dailyharvest.com slash asklisa to get $30 off your first box plus free shipping. That's dailyharvest.com slash asklisa for $30 off your first box and free shipping. dailyharvest.com slash asklisa. EarthBreeze EcoSheets look just like a dryer sheet, but instead of being a dryer sheet, they're in fact an ultra-concentrated liquidless laundry detergent. It's really the best of all worlds. 
EarthBreeze is tough on stains and odors while being kind to the planet and to your skin. Personally, I get a huge kick out of using EarthBreeze. I love the fact that it takes up less space, is better for the environment, and yet it leaves my clothes smelling so good and it gets them so clean. Here's the bottom line. Making a positive impact in the world doesn't have to come at a cost to you. My clothes are clean, they smell great, and I feel like I actually did something good, not just for my laundry, but also for the earth. Right now, my listeners can receive 40% off EarthBreeze just by going to earthbreeze.com slash asklisa. That's earthbreeze.com slash asklisa to cut out single-use plastic in your laundry room and claim 40% off your subscription. earthbreeze.com slash asklisa. This message is sponsored by Greenlight. We spend a lot of time teaching our kids please and thank you. But one thing I've realized I haven't spent a lot of time teaching my children is how to be financially responsible. We started using the Greenlight app and it's made a difference in helping them have that conversation about money and to really understand how it can affect their lives. Greenlight's a debit card and a money app that's made for families. I can send money to my kids, keep an eye on their spending and their savings. I didn't think I would need this app, but my kids are absolutely loving it and they're getting the concept of what it means to save. I love the lessons they're learning. I love the games they're playing. I love that they are being educated at a younger age that you need to learn how to save. Sign up for the Greenlight app today and get your first month free when you go to greenlight.com slash asklisa. That's greenlight.com slash asklisa to try Greenlight for free. Greenlight.com slash asklisa. Welcome back to the Ask Lisa podcast. So Lisa, what about dealing with conflict? Because I feel like that is such a huge issue just over the years, even before COVID, dealing with relatives that you just don't see eye to eye on. It could be more than just politics. But if you don't get along, what should you keep in mind that works? Because for many people, you know, in-person contact is is pretty much limited to around the holidays each year. You don't get a lot of time together with some of these people who you might tend to keep a distance with. What works? Oh man, Rena, like this is like like a profound question. Yeah. Like, how does one how does one deal with yes. like long hard feelings about the people we are genetically connected to, or yes, you know, that's related it. to by family? You I mean, just like, summed it up. Yeah. Okay. So that's like the whole field of psychology. But um, <laughs> no. So so, but let's think it through because it does get to this man's dilemma, or you know, what this the writer of the letter is observing about how her husband's operating. Um. Here's how I think we can size it up. In our in our lives, we have two kinds of relationships. We have the optional and the non-optional. So the optional are the people we choose to be with, our friends, the people we, you know, marry if we marry. And then the non-optional are, you know, it's our family, right? However we're related to them. And, and I think we need to start with those categories in terms of our expectations and setting the right level of expectation for each category. So for our friends and our, you know, partnerships, our standards should be really high. We have a lot of choice here, you know, and so we, we should really, for our kids and ourselves, you know, really limit ourselves to people who very much on balance improve our lives significantly and we improve theirs. Okay, so that's, you can have a high expectation in that category. Okay, the other category, <laughs> you kind of get what you get. Mm-hmm. And 
one thing, and I don't feel cynical about this, though it may sound it, like people don't change that much. You know, unless people really want to change and then they get themselves in therapy and they're working really hard at it, especially after age like 25 or so, like people are kind of who they are. And and so then if we don't like so much who someone we're related to is, we have to figure out what we want to do with that. And, and I, I'm going to articulate a few options. Of course, there's probably a million options. You know, so one is, I mean, basically do what this dad is doing. He's like, they come, <laughs> we get through it. I say nothing, they leave. You know, so there, that's, a, that's a strategy. That's a completely rational, viable, like he's got his life. He's got his happy family. You know, he likes the people he lives with. He tolerates the holidays. They go and they go. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, I think another strategy would be to push back a little, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. to say to the people that were related to, you know, and of course this would depend on them and how they handle conflict, to say, um, hey, <laughs> that's a really interesting topic, not for the 10-year-old, mm-hmm. you know, and, and to push back in a respectful, thoughtful way, um, but that's assertive. Say, you know, why don't we talk about that after, you know, Molly's gone to bed? Mm-hmm. And, and just to lay a line down and to push back. Um, and again, you'd have to, you'd know a lot about how that's likely to go over and if it was worth it to do it. And then there are people who find themselves in very challenging relationships with their families who may feel that if there's going to be a relationship, there's going to have to be some pretty clear parameters laid down around behavior and those parameters are going to have to be enforced. So it may be the kind of thing where... Say someone's, you know, parent comes and gets super drunk every Thanksgiving. Yes. And yes. it's ugly. Yeah. And, and you know, someone's bracing for that and just doesn't want to deal with it. And I, I shouldn't have to deal with it. They may want to say to the person, I love you, but you drink too much at the holidays. And this year, you know, going forward, I'm going to ask you to not. And... And really being clear. And, you know, then, again, 4,000 million variables are involved in all this. You know, does it need teeth? If it happens again, we're not going to be able to spend the holidays together. I mean, who knows how much, you know, ultimatum you want to wrap up in this. But if we can uncouple two categories of relationships, like those we choose, those we don't choose, and then decide how much is worth it to mix it up, that may make it a little easier to approach it all. Ah, Lisa, this is so much work. I mean, I I wouldn't be surprised if some people are like telling their relatives, I have some sort of incurable illness. It's not COVID, but I might not be able to attend. This is just so much. I mean, it's a workout. It It, is a workout. It's like it could potentially be days long workout. You know, I'm I'm into the 30 minute workouts and goodbye. Exactly. So if Uh, you want to have a pleasant holiday, like, what's the bottom line? Like, what do you really have to keep in mind if it's like bare minimals here? Okay. Well, so first of all, let's like lower our expectations. And I think okay. that what is really hard is culturally there's all this like, yay, it's the holidays. Yes. And so there's there's this sense that it should be this extra wonderful, delightful time. And that often doesn't line up for people with the realities of who's coming over. And so I think there's a lot to be said for uncoupling that, right? Like, it's Thanksgiving, it's going to be a seven-hour workout, and then it'll be over, right? Mm-hmm. And 
And I think that can actually make you feel better about the whole thing. Because if you're like, oh, and it was supposed to be lovely and gorgeous, you know, then it feels that much worse. (laughs) So one, lower the expectations. Um, Another thing, (laughs) I love this phrase I heard from someone. This is so funny. The solution to pollution is dilution. (laughs) What? (laughs) And so basically, this is someone who, when their annoying relatives came over, invited tons of friends over too. Oh, wow. If I was a relative, that would be so annoying to me. But it worked. Yeah. But it, it, worked. But it So you have to know how it's going to play, oh, right? It may okay. actually, you know, all of these are calculations. Like, okay. is it going to be so offensive to the relative that it's not worth it? You know, mm. you basically come up with a Tonka truck strategy and a whole bunch of games to play. Or is it the kind of relative who actually likes an audience or likes other people? And so saying, oh, and then, you know, so-and-so is going to stop by and they're bringing their kids and they're bringing their new puppy. If that's a strategy that will work, consider it, you know, and, and especially if you have good friends who you love and you're like, could you do me a huge favor? <laughs> We're going to need a little dilution, probably right around six o'clock. Um, that can be a nice thing. And maybe, of course, not in the middle of Thanksgiving dinner, but maybe earlier in the day or if they're staying for a long time, you know, something like that might help a little bit. Mm. There's just so much to keep in mind. And I just feel like we're in such a weird place constantly with where we're at with just life in general that um, it can be stressful. It can be so stressful. I think just acknowledging that this is a difficult time of year, like you said, even though it's supposed to be really joyous, is is important too. It is. And I and I wonder for this letter writer, I mean, it's a big job, right, mm-hmm. to host a Thanksgiving yeah. and to, you know, try to keep everybody happy. I mean, that's what I really hear in this letter is this mom is like, I want to have a nice time, but actually I don't want my kids suffering through this. I hate to watch my husband suffer through this. Um, And so I would say that if there's anything that I personally feel I've learned in the pandemic is you have to kind of craft your own joy. Hmm. You have to plan it and make it happen. And so I wonder if... Part of what this letter writer could do or other people could do if they're like, oh, man, here this comes. This is going to stink, right? If they could plant for themselves some really delightful things, like maybe going on an exercise walk with a friend, you know, which Mm -hmm. one should be allowed to do even when you have guests Mm -hmm. over, especially if they're there for a while. So maybe um, go ahead and schedule, you know, something for make the morning after Thanksgiving or, you know, earlier that day um, that will be enjoyable and guaranteed. And, you know, as we talked about, actually, when we were deep in the pandemic, so often having those things on the calendar Mm -hmm. is its own relief, even before you get to the thing. And so, you know, while this person is, you know, helping make mashed potatoes, if her in-laws are driving her up a wall, she'll be like, well, wait till my friend hears about this one tomorrow, (laughs) right? I mean, like, she'll have that um, release valve to look forward to, to plan on, Um, But I would just say there's a degree of helplessness (laughs) that this person is up against. But we have to be careful not to feel entirely helpless, right? I mean, the nice thing is we're grownups. The nice thing was we have some um, capacity to dictate some aspects of how holidays go down. Yeah. That's great advice. Planning your own joy. That I'm going to take with me through the holiday season. And what do you have for us, Lisa, for parenting to go? Well, I'm thinking about this dad. And I think what's so hard 
about being a child at any age is that whatever happens with one's parents, it somehow still feels personal in terms of how they act or how they treat you. And just as we're coaching this letter writer to say to the 13-year-old son, look, it's not personal. This isn't about you. I wonder if there's a way that she could extend that to her partner as well and say, look, I know they're really hard, but, you know, honey, you're wonderful. This isn't personal. Like, that's their deal. And they gave me you. And, you know, you tell me what you need to get through the holidays, and I'll tell you what I need to get through the holidays. Mm -hmm. But to remember, especially around the holidays, like, so much of this is not personal. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's good. So much isn't personal, but we we digest it as though it is personal, Lisa. Yeah, it feels more personal than it is. Mm. Well, I'm looking forward also to next week. It's a topic you say is exploding among kids. Does my child have OCD? Yeah, we're seeing this a lot clinically. All right. Look forward to that conversation hey. next week. Happy Thanksgiving, Nina. Oh, thank you, Lisa. Happy Thanksgiving. I'm actually looking forward to this. And if you have any recipes, let me know. Oh, you'll hear from me. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> okay. And next week, we're going to have an incredible episode on financial literacy. How do you raise financially responsible kids? Financial expert Bobby Rebel walks us through the do's and don'ts. I'll see you next week, Lisa. See you next week. Thanks for joining us. Be sure to subscribe to the Ask Lisa podcast so you get the episodes just as soon as they drop. And send us your questions to asklisa at drlisademore.com. And now a word from our lawyers. The advice provided on this podcast does not constitute or serve as a substitute for professional psychological treatment, therapy, or other types of professional advice or intervention. If you have concerns about your child's well-being, consult a physician or mental health professional. If you're looking for additional resources, check out Lisa's website at drlisademore.com. We'll see you next week.